fantastic sunburn. Oh, man. Oh, I'm just aching all over. <laughs> oh, wow. Ooh, it's been a long time. I, I, I think I must have been about nine years old the last time I had a sunburn of the dimensions of the sunburn that I am sporting right this minute. I'm sitting on the patio of the, uh, of the small chalet that I am occupying on the beach just uh, north of St. George's in Grenada, which is uh, Grenada. I, I keep saying Grenada, and uh, the people in this island are very sensitive about that. This is the island of Grenada. I repeat, G-R-E-N-A-D-A, -E Grenada. And it's part of the Spice Island groups group. And uh, I'm sitting on the patio now, nursing a sunburn after that fantastically beautiful afternoon aboard the Night Wind, which is the boat operated by Bill Stevens. Uh, by the way, I, I couldn't say it while he was around, but uh, I'll say it now. Uh, this uh, Bill Stevens event really a fascinating character and uh, one of the people down here told me that he is the individual uh, on which the Lloyd Bridges character was based uh, if you remember on television a year or so ago there was a series about a guy who was a skin diver in the uh, tropical islands somewhere and uh, he'd been an ex uh, underwater demolition team member of the Navy and so on, and I was a professional skin diver. Well, that, that actually is what uh, Bill Stevens was, and he looks a lot like Lloyd Bridges. And uh, somebody here mentioned the fact that he was the guy that they, they based the character on originally, and he's a true adventurer freebooter who's lived all over the world and right now happens to be living in Grenada and uh, operating the, this, this yacht uh, business that he has here. You can probably hear the birds. It's, it's just uh, getting dark here now, and it's uh, a beautiful West Indian twilight. And uh, the birds, are, by the way, the birds are wild here on this island. Uh, yesterday morning, I was sitting having breakfast on this same patio, which is just a little concrete patio surrounded by bougainvillea. And uh, all around the, uh, the chalet are these beautiful royal palms. The, the royal palm, I think, on this island is more beautiful than I've ever seen them anyplace else. This happens to be the climate where they really blossom, and they're tremendous. Uh, the, the royal palms uh, right here at the doorstep must be, oh, I'd say 75, 80 feet tall, and they're just beautiful. And Yesterday morning, I, I came out early before we were going aboard the boat to have something to eat. And uh, they served the breakfast on the... This is a very luxurious place I'm staying in here. That's that's the thing about these West Indian uh, hotels. They're not really hotels. They're kind of uh, little enclaves on the beach where uh, they have a beautiful beach and they have uh, a, a few chalets and a good restaurant and usually a steel band is in. And they're a little world all under themselves. Many of the people who come to these places on the shores of Barbados or Grenada, uh, a few of the other islands in this area, they, they rarely leave the, the uh, area of the place where they are staying for the couple of weeks they're down here. But uh, the town of St. George's is a... Uh, well, it's, it's on a harbor... And the harbor is a deep water harbor, and the hills rise up all around it. It's like a tiny 
San Francisco. It, the first thing that had hit me when I took a look at this town, it's like someone had decided to build a scale model of San Francisco. It's a tiny city, uh, in many ways uh, quite modern, uh, although the little twisting streets and shops and one thing or another, it's, it's quite British in tone. And uh, it's set right at the base of a harbor that curves in and goes on out to sea. And all around it is this beautiful range of mountains that rises up. And there are a few uh, houses that you can see in the mountains from the, uh, from the harbor side. And particularly at twilight, you have the feeling that you're either looking down on, uh, oh, on a, on a tiny version of Naples or possibly uh, San Francisco. And right now, as I look out across the beach... I see a donkey, and uh, the donkey is walking along very quietly, and seated on the back of the donkey is a, is a Bajan native. That's one of the natives, British West Indian natives, and he's quietly riding along with his straw hat at twilight, and he's, he's now outlined against the shape of a magnificent sailing yacht that's laying off maybe, oh, 200 yards off the beach at anchor. I can see there's some kind of a cocktail party going on aboard her. And he's just quietly walking along the beach. That's one of the things that hits you when you get in this West Indian area is the, uh, is the combination of a really basic uh, native life that's being lived by the people who live, who are, who are really native to this area. This area it never knew slavery. That's one of the reasons why the, the uh, quality of life on Grenada is quite different from the life that you uh, see on some of the other islands. There, there never was slavery here. There, there was never large sugar plantations. And so the, uh, the entire feeling is different. Uh, there's a free and easy uh, kind of swinging life here, and there are no racial tensions as, at all. Uh, it's one of, the, uh, one of the things they say about life here in Grenada, that, uh, that all the races seem to mix and get along very well together. And uh, I'll tell you this, as a, as a guy who's traveled pretty much all around the world, I've never felt uh, the kind of feeling, uh, racial feeling, that you feel here on this island. And I might add, before you uh, get the wrong idea that I'm not here to plug or, or to uh, promote these islands in any sense, I... Uh, we had a chance to uh, come down here and and uh, uh, to look at some of the parts of the West Indian countries that are not too often visited by tourists and yet eventually will be very important to the lives that all of us are leading. And right now I'm on, uh, to repeat, if you haven't heard some of the other shows, uh, a couple of days ago I was on the island of Barbados, and right now I'm on... Uh, the beautiful island of Grenada, which is a British, it's part of the British Commonwealth. It's, uh, it's government. They have a, a prime minister here, and they have a parliamentary government. And right now, the Labour Party is in power, and they are called an associate state. Uh, they have a, a clause in their constitution which says that if they want to go independent, all they have to do is vote, and they're independent, and it's up to the country itself. Uh, England handles the, uh, the uh, international relationships of Grenada, and uh, they subsidize them, but in all, uh, it, uh, to all intents and purposes, it's, a, it's an independent island. 
And uh, at any time, if they so decide, they can go fully independent, although the, the feeling right here now is that uh, most people like being an associate state of the uh, Commonwealth, and that's the way they're going to stay. The uh, money down here, in case you've been wondering about it, uh, the money generally throughout this area is what they call the Biwi dollar, which is the British West Indian dollar. It is not worth as much as the U.S. dollar. It's something like two-thirds as much. And so uh, generally, if you if you buy something that's a $10 purchase, Biwi, uh, the American equivalent in U.S. dollars is something like uh, around $7 or $6.50, something like that. And uh, you, always, uh, you, you always find down here, whenever uh, anybody talks about money, they'll say, uh, that'll be seven Biwi. They don't uh, usually say seven dollars, it's seven Biwi. And uh, you get pretty used to it quite a, quite a bit. You, you find yourself translating everything from Biwi to dollars and from dollars to Biwi. But, uh, uh, oh yeah, uh, one of the things I found out, I was at a cocktail party last night that uh, some of the government people were at, and... Uh, one of the guys casually mentioned, he says, you know, to give you an idea of the, of the uh, quality of this country, he said, this island is famous around the world as having the most number of national official holidays per year of any country in the world. He said that uh, they have holidays here, <laughs> and you can understand it. It, it, is not a, it is not a languid island, but... Uh, you have you have a feeling that uh, that the people uh, know where it is. They know how to enjoy themselves, and and they do have a large number of holidays. But uh, they also have an extremely, uh, I think, a, a great civilizing feature. That after the holiday uh, is over, and this is all part of a very uh, very official uh, kind of routine. After the holiday is over, they have what they call recovery day, which means that uh, everybody recovers after the holiday and it's it's part of the holiday and it's just as much part of the holiday as the as new year's day is back in the states and uh, it it uh, it's a it's a kind of a somebody else told me an interesting thing while i i was uh, at a party and uh, a couple of the uh, the very official uh, importer exporter types were there and there were people from one guy uh, brings in uh, automobiles to the island. There were all kinds of people at this party, and we were standing around uh, on the veranda of this magnificent hotel overlooking the bay, and the stars were hanging overhead. It was a great big moon, and it was sparkling on the water down below, and you could see the hills all around us with little lights and twinkling uh, stars. It just it was an idyllic scene, one of those, one of those scenes that you always imagine David Niven uh, spending most of his life in with an ascot, and uh, this British gentleman uh, was. We were we were having a, a cocktail together, and we were talking. And I said, uh, I said, uh, just what kind of a, what what kind of a what kind of life do you lead here on the island? And he thought about it for a minute. He said, Well, well, I'll tell you all, man. He said, You know, actually, this is a cocktail party culture. So you, 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 you see, you, you just go from one cocktail party to the next, and, and you throw one, and then and your friend throws one, and then you throw one again, and you invite your friend, and then his friend invites you. And he said, it just goes round and round, and we have cocktail parties. And that's a, it's really actually a, a cocktail party culture. 
I thought, oh man, uh, it 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 it's uh, it is true that that the social life on the island uh, for the natives is uh, is very different from the kind of social life that we have here in the states because most of the people know each other and it's it's one great big round robin and they go round and round and they all seem to know each other i i there was a girl from antigua who came down with the party that i was with from barbados and she had never been to this island uh, this was the first visit she'd ever made to grenada but the minute we got uh, on the island, uh, we weren't here five minutes when uh, people were rushing up and, and greeting her, and, and she had friends that, who knew friends of theirs, and they had friends who knew her, and one thing or another. And so pretty much up and down these islands, for the real natives, uh, you find that uh, that the people are, are all kind of known to each other. It's, uh, it's, uh, it's, it's uh, an island in the sun, and uh, they sit here and, and, uh, and just sort of cook. It's almost all up and down this island. Uh, the, the hills are, are a couple thousand feet, and the driving is just insane. I think I've, I've mentioned that on a couple of the shows, but since that time, I've gotten a little, a little uh, details on it. Uh, one of the uh, fellows who, who uh, I was riding with, he was driving a little uh, Ford Cortina. Most of the cars, an American car, just couldn't make it here. It's, it's much too large and uh, sprung too softly, it wallows too much, and, and uh, you just couldn't have... I, I don't think I've seen an American car on the entire island, and that's not to put American cars down particularly, but they're just not built for this kind of driving, these twisting jungle roads uh, up and down mountains. You're either in first gear or second gear, or you're back to first gear, you're shifting gears all the time, and it is, it is really good driving. But uh, one of my friends here who owns a Ford Cortina, which is a little, uh, very agile Ford, he said that the average mileage that you get on a set of tires here in the island is about 5,000 miles. He said uh, if you get, get 7,000 miles, that's a very unusual set of tires. And he had, he had just... Uh, the last set of tires that he put on his car, he got himself some radial tires, the low-pressure radials, which give you more mileage. And he said that, that they guarantee 10,000 miles here on the island with the radial tires, which gives you an idea of the kind of, uh, the kind of uh, driving here. As you know, the average guy in America gets so anywhere from 25 to 35,000 miles on a set of tires. Here, you're lucky if you get five. And they've got kind of a kind of a slogan here. Uh, they they say that if the if the hills don't get your car, the salt air will. And the life expectancy of an automobile on the island is about two and a half years, something like that. And uh, after that, uh, the car is really in trouble. There's a lot of salt in the air, and it's uh, it's just not uh, the kind of country for for uh, for longevity of cars. They have one radio station on the island, and uh, immediately following the commercials, which are going to come up here in just a minute or two, I'll, I'll give you an idea of what they listen to on the radio. It's, uh, th there's no television whatsoever on Grenada. Uh, there was television. There was one TV station on Barbados, but there is no television here at all. So everybody here lives by the radio, and uh, the, the radio sort of binds the whole island together. 
and uh, the, the, the transmitter is set in one of the most idyllic sites that I've ever seen a radio transmitter and or set of studios set. It's, it's high on a mountain overlooking the uh, entire Caribbean, and you can see these uh, few little islands uh, curving away into the sun, and their antenna, which is a, which is a flat top, a wire flat top, uh, on, on uh, towers about 200 feet high, overlooks the entire island, and it's, it's, uh, it's, really, uh, it's really a spectacular view. And the, the guys who do radio here are all very well known, and uh, they're, they're, they're show business here on Grenada. That's, that's what it is. That's where it is. And uh, speaking of radio stations, this is your big old friendly fat WOR here in uh, New York City, and I'm right now broadcasting from the island of Grenada in the Windward Island Group, the famous Spice Islands. And <laughs> I, I just wanted you to hear the radio here on the island. It is, it is my opinion there. I'm just turning the little receiver off. I, I, everywhere I go all over the world, I travel with a, with a little tape uh, recorder usually, but I never travel. Uh, of course, I can do without tape recorder, but I never travel without taking along uh, a little transistor radio, and by the way, a lot of people will travel with a big transistor radio. They usually get one that has uh, FM, AM, uh, three shortwave bands, and 15 batteries in it. And this this is a bad news scene because in many of the climates where you travel, now like, like take for example here in Grenada, uh, the tape recorder I'm using is a little Norelco, and it uses cassettes. And uh, already I have used three sets of batteries where normally uh, the, the batteries would last back home in New York. You may get a couple of months on a set of batteries. It's because the climate here is, again, uh, kind of rough on batteries. And I put in a new set, and within five minutes, it seemed, uh, they, were, they were already leaking and the heat had gotten to them. Now, now, I don't want you to get the idea that it's very hot here. It really isn't. It's a it's a, a combination of things that if you, if you put your tape recorder in the sun any length of time while you're recording, you may find your batteries running down almost instantly. Uh, it, uh, if you can keep the tape recorder in the, in the shade or in an air-conditioned area, you're okay. Now, now here's, the, here's the sound of the, of the radio here on the island. And the, the uh, frequency of the transmitter is right at the very top of the dial. Uh, it's, it's right at the very top, 550. In fact, the, the receiver barely can pick it up. It covers the whole top end. And all the rest of the signals that you hear across the dial are, are signals from various uh, South American stations. But this is the way the local station sounds. Join the BBC service for sports rundown. Barcelona, Manuel Santana beat Nicola Pietrangeli in the Davis Cup tie. 
to give Spain a 2-0 lead over Italy. And West Germany leads South Africa 1-0 in Dusseldorf. The Australian world record-breaking runner Ron Clark has beaten his Olympic rival Kipchoge Kano for the fourth time in ten days. Well, that's the main news at the moment. Now the details, starting with cricket. The former England captain Ted Dexter may play in the fourth test against Australia, starting at Leeds next Thursday. Because of injuries to Boycott and Milburn, the selectors have asked Dexter if he'll be available. Here's Ken Ashman. Dexter, of course, has virtually retired from first-class cricket. There is to start playing again to some extent for Sussex. This is partly connected with the different matter of Jim Parks giving up as Sussex captain, but I imagine the selectors were influenced by Dexter's offer to turn out again for his old county. If Dexter does play in the next test after some years in retirement, this will doubtless not lead to the problem in all cricket. Well, there you get an idea of what they hear down here, and everybody, and I mean everybody, uh, listens to the cricket results here every night. Uh, the time right now here on the island is just before 7 o'clock. The sun is just going down, and I'm looking out over the sea. The sea, in this case, is the Caribbean, and it's just about getting dark. And since this is the tropics, of course, the, the uh, twilight is very short. Uh, one minute, it's bright daylight. Then there's a brief instant of twilight, and then it's total darkness. And in just a few minutes, that's probably going to hit us. Uh, cricket is the game on the island. It's uh, Everybody plays cricket, and tomorrow... In fact, cricket and tennis, I should say tennis, too, is another big thing down here. And they just uh, are completing, tomorrow afternoon, they're going to be completing their, their uh, men's doubles championship here. I uh, I tried to wrangle myself an invitation, but unfortunately we were out on the boat and we couldn't do it. But uh, cricket is big. I've seen a couple of cricket games, and uh, cricket here is very different from the the way cricket is played in England. Cricket is uh, in England is 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 a very quiet affair. The uh, spectators are are uh, mute. Uh, occasionally you'll hear a little, uh, just the slightest uh, ripple of applause. And uh, a few muttered, well played, uh, and the players are quite sedate. But here in the, uh, in the Caribbean, cricket is played more like the way they play baseball in Shea Stadium. Uh, <laughs> uh, the, the, the crowd really gets involved. They, they, uh, they cheer and yell, and, and uh, the, players, uh, the players play with a great uh, elan, tremendous diving catches, and uh, they dart back and forth. Uh, the wickets fly, and the bowler bowls, and the crowd yells, and the umpires yell, and and uh, they even have an occasional uh, something which is never heard in England, never heard of. Uh, they even have an occasional altercation, where the uh, the umpire and the fans get into it. A couple of weeks back, they had one that was so wild down here, not here on Grenada, but on one of the other islands, where the uh, the umpire called a decision that uh, nobody liked. And they poured out of the stands, and the umpire were fighting them off. The police came, and the players got uh, into the melee. And before it was all over, everybody within 500 yards was fist fighting. They finally got them straightened out, and the game went on as if nothing had happened. And they were cheering, and, and uh, it, uh, it was just all part of the game. But the cricket down here is very serious. The uh, Jamaican team is, uh, is on the international level. 
and they are very proud here that Jamaica recently beat Scotland, which uh, which is one of the big uh, international uh, cricket teams. And they uh, they figure that by 1970 they may. Of course, cricket is like any other sport that people play. It's always next year, and they figure that by 1970 uh, the island of Barbados may eventually take England and possibly even Australia and wind up with the World Cup. I don't know what the cup is called, but the World Championship of Cricket. Cricket's a big thing. Uh, I, I, Being an amateur flyer, I was interested. Oh, a coconut just fell. Uh, one of the trees here just shed a coconut, and it uh, came tumbling down and bounced on the sidewalk, a little gravel path really that goes down to the ocean here in front of me and it must have bounced three feet uh they tell me that the natives here this is one of the hazards in the uh in the spice islands particularly grenados where there are a lot of palms and a lot of coconut palms that that uh, one of the local hazards is getting hit on the bean with one of these palm coconut pods and believe me, if one of these things belts you, you'll know you're belted. One one missed me by about five feet yesterday, and it sounded like somebody had dropped a bowling ball from the fifth-story window. <laughs> it sounds a heck of a lot funnier than it actually is. Uh, I I whenever I whenever I travel around, I guess like all American uh, travelers, I'm fascinated by the food, and uh, frankly, I find the food here on Grenada. Uh, better in general than the food that you get in Barbados. I think the reason this is so is because Barbados, uh, for some reason or another, uh, has stuck more to the conventional British menu, and it just is uh, very dull food. Mostly, uh, you'll get uh, you'll get quite uh, uh, the usual roast beef, and uh, you'll get uh, things like uh, uh, oh. Lamb and mutton, mashed potatoes, uh, and in general the food is quite dull. But here in Grenada, Grenada, the the food is much more varied, and the people seem to go more for the native food, which is really great. Uh, for example, last night at dinner we had breadfruit soup. It's a soup made from the breadfruit, and it's it's really good. Uh, before that, and earlier in another meal, we had baked breadfruit. And if you've never had breadfruit, there's no real way to describe it to you. I'll let you hear this night bird. You want to hear a bird here? I'll let you hear a tropical bird. And there's some kids walking by. I'll turn the gain up and see if you can hear them. Hello, hello. There, hello. twilight sounds on the island of Grenada. A uh, big night bird just settled right next to me, and uh, he's looking down at me with yellow eyes, jet black bird. You can probably hear him in the background. The bird life is just, just astounding on this island. You see almost everything here. I was, uh, you probably heard a radio in the background. Well, right down next to me, uh, there is a there's a, a group of natives, and they're sitting around a, a table. 
and uh, they, they have little baskets of spices, which they are, it looks like they're sorting. That seems to be one of the big tourist things down here. There aren't really many tourists on this island, as I've said before, but one of the things they do sell down here, they sell baskets that are filled with the various spices which come from the island. And uh, you'll, quite often, you'll quite often see uh, natives walking around with uh, little spice baskets. And uh, if, you're, if you're a good bargainer, you may find yourself with a bag of spice to take home. It's a beautiful bird. I'll turn up the gain here. You can hear him again. starts up about this time. The sun is just going down now, and the palm trees are outlined against the sky, and that bird usually opens up about this time of the evening. I've noticed for the last three nights he started up right outside my window, and in just a few minutes, probably about five minutes, the, the uh, tree toads, as soon as, it as soon as it really gets dark, the tree toads begin. Uh, like most tropics, the night down here is absolutely alive with sound. Uh, it's a tremendous uproar of, of uh, sound, mostly from tree toads, night birds. Uh, the, the, the animal life on the island is mostly baboon. There are, ba or rather, uh, excuse me, not baboons, but monkeys. There are monkeys here. Uh, they, they're quite plentiful. They have a lot of armadillos on the island, mongoose. And on this island, they do have snakes, but none of them are poisonous. They have a, a snake that lives in the banana trees. Uh, they have uh, another kind of snake, which uh, they call a, a red racer. It's a, it's a long, thin snake, which is seen along the roads occasionally. I saw one the other day on the way to the beach. But uh, none of these snakes are poisonous. In fact, as far as I know, they don't have any poisonous snakes in the islands or poisonous animals. There's the one thing that is poisonous, uh, they do have the... There's a kind of apple that grows down here. It looks like a crab apple. And uh, you find it on Barbados, you find it here, in fact, on most of these islands. And it's a very poisonous fruit. Uh, in fact, they, they uh, have signs all around in areas where people might be not to touch the Machiel. Uh, I'm not sure of the pronunciation. It's M-A-C-H-E-A-L uh, apples. That if you touch them, they uh, secrete some kind of oil or something on the skin, and it, it can be really bad. And if anyone eats them, that uh, they have to have their stomach pumped out, and they say that it will, if occasionally, kill a child if, if the kid is small enough. And these are very plentiful all around the islands. Uh, as far as the ocean is concerned, there isn't really much in the way of the, the beaches down here. I, I have to say right now that the beach here at Grenada, Grenada Beach, 
is, and, and you know, it's funny because I've said this before, but I must say that this beach right now, I've said it before about other beaches, but every time I go to another beach of this type, I'm completely thrown. And this beach has to be one of the four or five great beaches of the world. It's just uh, magnificent. Uh, the snorkeling. I was snorkeling all afternoon over a coral reef and uh, was watching a school of barracuda work the reef. There were a lot of little feed fish. And uh, these big barracuda were moving in and out and feeding on these little shiner minnows. It was a great afternoon. But as far as the rest of the animal world around here, about all you can do, they have a thing called a sea egg down here, which I understand uh, if you step on it is bad business. In fact, one of the people in the party uh, stepped on a, a sea egg, and, and we were coming back from the, the beach. The native driver was telling her, and he said, he said well, uh, you put, he says, you take, uh, take the juice of a lemon and uh, squeeze the lemon and squeeze it on squeeze it on the sea egg where the where the spine has stuck in you. He says, don't try to remove it because it will break up, you see, right? It'll break up and, and then you'll have much trouble. Just put, uh, put the lime on and let it set and it will come out of its own accord. But do not touch it, Mom. Do not touch. And uh, that's a very, very bad approximation of, an, of a Grenadian accent which uh, has overtones of England, overtones of Carib Indian, and it's, uh, it's a, a special dialogue, dialect. If, if I were down here long enough, I imagine I could get a little bit of it, because almost all the non-Grenadians uh, who have lived down here for a while speak with that dialect, more or less. It's, uh, it's very infectious, and pretty soon you find yourself uh, uh, plug-in plug -in tape recorder. He, uh, he's he, he off now. Uh, he off now. Uh, he's uh, he's big tape recorder. He off now. That's uh, a, a kind of exaggeration of the way they speak. Now, now you'll notice it's just a few minutes since I mentioned it, and you'll notice already birds. More birds have joined it. I'll I'll let you hear more of the night here. keep that up all night. Now I can hear another one answering him from uh, a couple hundred yards out. Listen. you uh, the more I travel around the world the more I I uh, feel that uh, travel must be one of the really great has to be one of the great experiences that that you can have I, I think that uh, I think that travel is so important I, I just uh, talking to Bill Stevens today we were sitting on the beach by the way, I don't think I mentioned that the beach that we went to today is, is a rare type of beach. I don't think this is found very often in the world. It's a beach with absolutely jet 
black sand. Uh, it's a very strange sight. Uh, I've never seen anything like it. The sand is as black as uh, granules of carbon. It's, it's really black sand, the whole beach. Uh, it's because of, uh, of the volcanic or origin of it. Uh, something to do with the, the sand being volcanic sand. And it was really strange to be swimming in this blue water, which uh, you've probably seen pictures of the waters of the Caribbean, this blue translucent water. And then to uh, find yourself coming ashore on a beach that is jet black. And then... Uh, going a little further up and, and finding that these green trees are hanging over this black beach. It's, a, it's one of the most exotic pictures in the world. Uh, just a moment, my telephone is ringing in the room, and I'll, I'll take it while I'll continue the show so you can hear what life... Here, here's what a, a telephone sounds like in Grenada. Just a minute here. We'll see what they want. Yeah, hello, yeah. Uh, what was that? All right, would you tell them to wait for just a moment? I'll be right out. Okay, thank you. Your car is here, sir, is what was said on the phone in beautiful West Indian dialect. The car is here, sir. And that means that in a, in a couple of minutes I'm going to take off. Uh, they're having a big party down here, and I'm going to a party that is going to be Supposedly, uh, one of the one of the greatest uh, steel bands in all uh, in all the islands is supposed to be there. Now, if they're there, I'll try to get some of it on tape. And if they're not there, well, I won't waste your time because there's nothing worse than a bad steel band. I found that out already. That there's a lot of bad ones around down here in the islands, and there are a few good ones. And when you hear a good one, you know it's it's a little bit weird to hear a steel band. Uh, a band made up of people playing steel drums, playing Beethoven. And believe it or not, that's actually what I heard the other night, and I was really bugged because I didn't expect to be there where this was going on, and it, it turns out that, uh, that the, this band was on the spot. They weren't supposed to be there, and so when they tuned up, they started to play, of all things, Beethoven. And then they went on to a little Haydn, they played a little Mozart, then they played a little mamba, and then they played a little marengo, and then they went back to some Vivaldi, and it was one of the strangest combinations of, of musical mishmash I ever heard in my life. But uh, this uh, this island of Grenada is uh, something else again. I I uh, I've, I've thought that that from time to time, every every uh, I'm going to take a look at this. In case you're interested in, in real estate down here, real estate is very expensive in the islands. Uh, that almost all the beach properties, I understand, are owned by people from all over the world. Uh, there, there are a lot of people from uh, Europe own property on the islands, although they don't seem to use it or anything. They, the properties all sit there. Everything looks very rugged and, and uh, unlived in and uh, quite wild, but uh, the, the property is owned. Although they say that uh, there's a lot of uh, great land available up in the mountains overlooking the sea, and uh, we'll see. I don't know. I'm not. I'm not the property buying or selling type, but uh, that's just the story on it. The uh, uh, the, the the Spice Islands, though, uh, throughout the history of the Spice Islands, have have been one of those parts of the world that that uh, people have been 
drawn to uh, all kinds of strange people have come down here from time to time. People like Robert Louis Stevenson, uh, people like Alec Waugh, uh, people like Somerset Maugham, and all sorts of people are drawn to these islands. And for different reasons. Uh, <laughs> one, one man said to me the other day, in, uh, in casual conversation, we were walking along the street, and a strange-looking guy went by us who was wearing a white suit and a great big straw hat, and he had a squint and had black glasses. And we went a couple of hundred yards past him, and he turned to me and says, Well, he said, So, you know, we have all kinds of agents here of all kinds. <laughs> and this uh, this could be found all up and down the, the, the West Indies. It's a James Bond world. The next island that I'm going to be on, I, I believe, is Guadeloupe. In which case, you'll get a report from an entirely different island. That's that's French. This is a, this is a British island, and that's French. I'll give you one last listen to these birds. And there you have it. That's the way night sounds in Grenada, down on the Spice Islands. We'll be back tomorrow night with another report from the West Indies. Hang loose.